Let's talk about talk, it. Talk, talk, talk. Let's go deep. We all have something to share. No share with Dr. Dave. What is the importance of belonging? And why do we all need to belong somewhere? It is built into our human nature. Learn how the powerful philosophy of Ubuntu helps to deliver a simple roadmap to building positive teams and relationships, improving engagement and performance. Get your copy of Belonging and Healing, Creating Awesomeness for Yourself and Others by Dr. Dave Cornelius on Amazon.com. Well, hello and welcome to the Now Show with Dr. Dave podcast. This is Dr. Dave Cornelius, your host. Uh, you know what? My guest today is my sister, Dr. Latifa Collingwood. Look, this is a historic moment because this is the first time ever, first time that I'm officially interviewing my sister on the Now Share with Dr. Dave podcast. Hello, sister. How are you? Hello, brother. I am well. <laughs> <laughs> so good to have you here. So, well, hey, thank why you don't for you having just, me. Yeah, why don't you just give our audience... Um, a simple elevator pitch about who you are. You know, you could go up to a minute, you could go longer, but you know, nice and sweet. So everyone could know like who Dr. Latifa Collingwood really is. Nice and short and sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Well, hello, Nasher audience. Um, I am Dr. Latifa Collingwood and I am currently an assistant clinical professor at a university of nursing. And I'm also a neonatal nurse practitioner, um, maintaining my hands-on practice. And I'm here to just have this conversation with my big brother, Dave, about belonging. And so I'm really excited to be here with you guys. And we're just going to have some fun today. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. So tell me, why is it important to feel like you belong somewhere? What's up with that? Why, why do we always have that desire? You know, that... Um, I believe that we are created to be a part of something. We are all born into families. You know, we're all born into people groups. And so by nature, we are created to be a part of something. And so we as people or as living beings born into groups have this longing and this desire to really be a part of, to really feel like we belong somewhere or to someone or to something. And so I think it's important because of that innate mechanism that we have inside, that thing that drives us to want to be a part of, to want to be accepted, to want to feel like we are a part of something. And so the, the importance comes from the internal drive, in my opinion. Well, it, it's a wonderful opinion and a wonderful uh, perspective. So I, I know you played sports and what was it like to belong as an individual or part of a sports team? You know, um, I, I see a sports team as I see any other team. You know, it's, it's a group of people coming together to um, pursue a common goal. In teams, it's, it's to win the game, you know, um, to strategize, to practice. And, and so I think it's just really important. Um, just being a part of a, a team helps with a lot of things. It helps with a lot of development. It helps us to learn to, um, to collaborate with people. Um, so it helps us to learn to deal with different personalities because, you know, when, whenever you have a group of people, you know, we come from different backgrounds, different likes, different dislikes. 
And so um, it just prepares us, you know, to, to, to work together with different people and to learn, it challenges us as well to learn to overcome some potential personality obstacles that may present challenges for us as we try to achieve our goal. Uh, but being a part of a sports team, it just was, it really helped me to look at, you know, what, what is the mission that you guys are after? You know, what do you need to do to achieve that mission? And, and how do you go about it? So it kind of pro provided a framework, you know? Um, and, and on those teams, we are all moving towards the same mission. We all learn the same techniques, you know, like I, I ran track. And so we learn how to run. I remember um, I had a, a coach actually when I was in the eighth grade, I had a, a track coach and I'll never forget him because I use his principles even today. And you know, we ran, I ran the four by 100 relay and then I was a sprinter. But for the four by 100 relay, we had to line up all four of us and we went around the track in slow motion. And what we did was practice how to pass the baton so that we don't have a drop, how to receive the baton so you don't have a drop, and then how to take off from behind that line and move really fast and not bump into anyone and fall. And we did that for hours and you know you can imagine eighth graders as a kid it was the most boring thing in the world but as an adult in my profession I had an aha moment that doing something like that was really critical it was really important for getting everyone on the same page getting everyone to understand the same rules and to get everyone to move in the same direction and so we had to really lean into those teachings so that we could lean into the group so that we could achieve the mission or at least attempt really hard to achieve the mission it's fun it's it's fun handing up baton you know reaching back catching it you know. fun when you have a drop when you have a drop it's a nightmare yes <laughs> and yes. you pay the price well that's why you practice right so you can get yeah. better at that stuff yeah yeah, uh, yeah yeah so let's talk about your professional business journey what was your belonging experience like um my belonging experience you know i'm in the industry of caring for people um and most of my career i cared for children and so you could imagine you don't only have one patient like when you're caring for an elderly person you have the mother or the father the siblings the aunts the uncle so you have multiples right and and so that that in itself was just really a challenge to come into this group you know be accepted into this group as someone who has the patient's best interests at heart and um, someone who can accept this family where they are and help them to move to spaces that you need them to move to. Simultaneously, you're working in a group of nurses, physicians, you know, healthcare providers. And so we also have to learn how to move together as a team. You know, we, we have to make sure that we weren't giving mixed messages to families. We had to make sure that, that we understood what the, the plan was, the game plan was. And, and so in that sense, it was just really um, sometimes challenging, but most times just very rewarding. We, we really had to keep a keen sense of who we were, how we fit in, and how um, being a part of this group 
could be a good thing or could have a not so good outcome, you know? And, and, and so that's uh, in, a, in a nutshell, being a part of that team um, in the workspace was just critical and tense and, and, and we had to lean in. Now on the other side of that, just being with the work group, you know, because the nature of the work can be so intense. And, and um, we always used to say, man, we just want to come to work and not have something that we do cause such a dire outcome, you know? Um, because you're doing, you know, life and death, health, wellness issues. And so what we did, we were um, very cognizant about making sure that we celebrated. You know, we had a lot of fun. We laughed a lot. We got to know each other. We got to know each other's families. We knew some, you know, the kids, the birthing of the babies, the grandkids, the kids graduating high school. And so we really worked hard to come together and understand each other, not only as professionals, but also we worked hard to make sure that we had um, just a community you know, where we could support each other because sometimes it's really challenging. It's really, really hard. And so belonging, um, it's, a, it's, it's an important subject. It's an important concept. You know, it's a very important concept. And it doesn't just apply to in the professional world. It also applies in our, um, just in our individual lives as well. You know, just like I said, we are all born with that desire to belong, that desire to be a part of, and that desire to be accepted into something. Yes, you are. And, you know, I could just imagine how much um, delight you have when you don't drop the baton when you're working with little babies on their yes. families, right? Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. In that case, we had a thing we would say, failure is not an option. <laughs> I could understand that. The costs totally. are too great. Yes. Errors cannot happen. <laughs> You know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's for sure. So we but, have these mantras. Well, those mantras are important, right? And it helps to guide you, it helps to build camaraderie, and it helps to build belonging. It really does. With each other. It really does. Yeah. Now I'm gonna talk about faith and spiritual journey in terms of, you know, how did you or how do you sense belonging as you're in a faith and spiritual journey? Um, you know, that sometimes that can be a challenge, um, but I want to start by saying when we sense belonging in a spiritual realm or in a spiritual, when we're in a spiritual pathway, first and foremost, the understanding is we belong to the almighty, right? So there's a higher power there. Um, we are in relationship with the Almighty and we are accepted by the Almighty. So just right there in that little small square, we feel that sense of belonging to our Father God, right? Um, and then we expound that out a little bit, talking about now how do we, or how do we experience belonging in the body? You know, the body of believers. And it, 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 this is not only Christianity, you know, this is faith walkers, you know, whatever your faith may be, um, you know, in, in the Muslim faith, in the Hindu faith, you know, in all the different faith practices, we go through the same um, thing, the same sense of belonging to the most high, um, and then the same sense of belonging to our fellow um, faith walkers. Belonging is a... a, a an interesting concept because 
is so driven by feelings and emotions and desires of the individuals. And so, you know, you know, feelings can be a friend and feelings can be your worst enemies, right? Because feelings cause us to lose sense of rational, rational thought sometimes, you know? <laughs> and so when we talk about belonging, I, I think it's really important, you know, that we, we pause and really think about when we talk about belonging, it's really also coupled with feelings of belonging because we can belong to things, but not feel like we belong to things. You know, we're born into families, but you have so many estranged families, right? And people who don't feel like they belong in that family for one reason or another. Um, we work on teams. Again, we're all there. We come together. We're a member of the team, but we don't feel like we belong to the team or we're a part of the team. And so I think it's really important to understand that being a part of something doesn't mean that we're going to have a feeling of belonging to that team. And I think that is the critical piece because we can all enter and exit groups and teams at any given time by choice. Um, as long as we meet the established criteria. But what becomes the bigger challenge is, do we feel like we are truly a part of? Do we feel like we are accepted? Do we feel like you know, we are supported? Um, and, and in my, my faith group, you know, I feel the most accepted when I'm active in my faith group. And, and, and that's of course, because we, we belong to a big faith group, a very large faith group. And so, um, it's difficult when you're sitting in those large groups to feel that sense of belonging outside of we are all here and a one accord in our belief and in our faith. But when it comes down more to the individual feelings of belonging, we have to be active. Um, we have to seek out. And so I think it's important. It was important for me to make sure that I participated, that I showed up and I showed up in a way that was not negative you know I showed up in a way that that showed that I'm here to to help to join to participate now that doesn't mean that I'm here to um just swallow everything that's being put out there what it means is you know I, I show up objectively you know and, and I show up with a passion for and and we understand that we're all moving towards the same goal in, in life so um in my faith journey most recently, these last three years, I have felt that I am a part of because I joined and I have been in this group for a long time, but I had never felt more separated from, you know, because of all of the craziness that was going on in the world, all of the light that had been um, shed on the thinking and the beliefs of some of your fellow faith walkers you know and, and huh now i'm going yeah yeah <laughs> and being a person of, of color you know in a faith group that's predominantly white became a much bigger challenge than it had ever been before because of all of the noise all of the things that were happening all of the the things that were being exposed you know and so in that point, I belonged to that group. I never exited, but I did not feel a sense of belonging. And a part of that was a part of me, um, probably because of 
just trying to work through and understand how people who believe in a higher being, people who believe in faith and spirituality and believe in God could have these negative behaviors, thoughts, feelings, you know, just trying to wrap my brain around that and, and really wrestling with, so how do they see me? You know, how am I seen in this place where I've been for so long and been so active and felt a part of for so long, you know, and, 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 you know, another thing with belonging is we really have to um, be transparent about how we feel and be okay with asking the hard questions, which is something I didn't do. And I think I didn't because I was still wrestling with the fact that I was even having these feelings and that these things were even happening all over this country, you know, not just to me. And so it was just a huge challenge, but I had some redemption uh, a couple of weeks ago um, that led me back on a different path, you know, where you don't forget that these things are happening in the world, but I kind of got a sense of, yeah, yeah, I feel this sense of belonging. My car stopped one night after rehearsal and I knew that I just left all those people back there in the sanctuary. And so I needed to call really quick before they disappeared. And so I called our, our, our leader and, you know, I'm sitting there waiting for them to get there. And probably within five minutes, I look up in my rearview mirror and there are all these lights coming, all these cars. And let me tell you, I was expecting one or two people to show up, man, so many people showed up. He just mobilized that team of men and the women came as well. And they just gathered around me. It was overwhelming, you know? And they were like, okay, what's going on? You know, they took charge of it. They took care of it, made sure I got safe, stayed with me until my husband showed up. Well, not all of them, just a couple stayed with me until my husband showed up just to make sure I stayed safe. And it was like no big deal. And that thing just had a profound impact on me for the rest of the week. You know, I was just thinking, wow, this is what belonging really feels like in some instances where people show up and they were like, don't worry, we got you. Despite all of the noise and all of the stuff that's happening around us, which is real and true, we can't ignore it. We got you. And, and so that was my most current experience with belonging in my faith arena, you know, and, and it was necessary because like I said, I had some doubts because of the world today. That is a beautiful story. You know, it's a beautiful story to show how, you know, sense and belonging manifested itself in the physical world where you actually had people came and come around you and, and supported you in the journey. So no, that, that's great. I'm so glad to hear that story. I needed to hear that story. Yeah, because... that story. I, I knew. <laughs> I, I knew I came home and I was like, I know that I got people. <laughs> yeah, I got peeps. I got people who care about my well-being, who care about me, and they may have a different belief from me, politically, socially, you know, but we share that spiritual thing that we belong to this faith family this family of faith and when one falls we put all that stuff aside and we jump in to make sure that our one is okay you know and so that to me was just a profound lesson that i learned that night you know it was just like wow i'm in the right place here yeah 
this is this is what this is what it means to be a part of community this is what it really feels like to belong you know they got yeah. you they got you yeah I want to talk about generative leadership and, and just, I'm going to give a definition so that people who have never heard of generative leaders or, or leadership, that generative leaders, you know, they create an environment for people to thrive. And when I'm talking about people, I'm in a business sense, or even in a community sense, there's your direct reports, you have your peers, you have leaders that you report to, or you're accountable to, and you also have partners, right? And, and even people that you're serving as customers as well. Um, I want to get an example of where you enable belonging, you know, as a generative leader in your organization. It doesn't have to be just work. It could be outside of work as well. Yeah. When I am leading in a group setting, you know, I think I'm going to back up for a second to say by nature, my personality is one of inclusiveness and making sure that people feel okay. You know, our mom, it's like, you come around me, I'm going to feed you, I'm going to make sure you're okay, make sure you're well, you know, I'm going to do all that stuff, right? So we grew up in that sense where you come around us, you get hugged on, you get taken care of, we do things for you, that kind of way, we see you. And so I, I carry that with me. And, and just my natural instinct is, to take care of, to make sure that you feel okay in this setting. And so I bring that naturally into my leadership practice, whether I'm leading at work or I'm leading in a social group. Um, I, I really try to bring that in um, to make sure that people feel a part of, that they feel accepted. And um, with my last team, I had a small team this last time. Um, my, my last work team was um, seven of us or eight, eight of us. And so it's a small enough group where you can really create some, um, just a sense of community really easily. Um, and so in that group, I would always say, okay, hey, you know, yes, I have the title of the leader of this group, but we are all leaders in this group, right? We are all responsible for the outputs. We're all responsible for making sure that we deliver high quality in a timely manner. We're all responsible for making sure that we respond and that people feel like they, um, that they are heard. And I said, I don't want to hear from people that we said, no, we can't. You know, what I want people to feel is, even though we know we can't, I want people to be able to say, um, you know what, they told me that they're going to get to me, that they weren't able to meet my need right now, but they gave me some options, right? And so what we did was we, we huddled every Monday, we had a Monday huddle, and, and, in, and anyone could call a huddle at any time outside of that Monday huddle. It's like the huddle table is where we came together. And I wanted them to know I am not the one who call huddle all the time. If you want to huddle, if something's happening or you're feeling unsupported or you're needing something, just come and say, hey, can we huddle today? And we're going to find out where everybody's count, what everyone's calendars look like. We're going to get a huddle in, maybe a 10, 15 minute huddle. We're going to get some clarity around what we need to get some clarity around, but you get to lead that. So that just kind of gave them 
the autonomy, you know, to, 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 to call those huddles and to come in. Now, when we call these huddles, we're not calling these huddles just for you to complain to me for 15 minutes about what's not working. You know, it's also about what's not working. What can we do to support you right now? And what's the outcome we're after? How are we going to get there? So, so as the leader, I kind of put it within a framework for them, but I allowed them to call it. I allowed them to lead it. And then um, we did the guiding questions. And, and it wasn't just me asking the questions. It was, it was, you know, all the other team members could also ask the guiding questions as well. So that's one thing um, about them feeling belonging, just giving them the, the opportunity to know that we can call this team together when we need to call this team together. We don't have to wait for a leader to do it. We have the autonomy, you know, they respect me enough to do this. And then the other thing I did um, in belonging is we celebrated a lot, man. You know, I'm like, our work is hard. And so we celebrated a lot, you know, we can't have, and I don't drink, but every one of my team did. And so, um, we always had bubbles, you know, we call it, we're going to have a bubble day, a bubble moment, bubble morning. And so I'd bring in sparkling cider, you know, different flavors of sparkling cider. And, and like, hey, we had a rough time yesterday. You know, we got beat down yesterday. It's bubble time. Let's go to the table. We're, hey, we're huddling with bubbles this morning, you know, and, and people could bring in different things. And, and a lot of times they didn't even know it was on schedule. Most times they'll just stop by, grab some bubbles, bring some plastic champagne glasses, you know, get some fruit, bring a candle, put it under my little um, stoneware pot and, and melt some chocolate. And we had some fruit we would dip, you know, so that we created a sense of community. So it wasn't always so hard. This, this hardness of work wasn't all we did, you know? And, and so just to try to create some type of an outline, it, it's sort of like um, being inclusive and being intentional about including people um, giving people the right to lead, you know, within some framework, some guidelines, and, and this creating celebrations to help them feel a part of something and, and just to like, you know, just take the pressure off a little bit, um, celebrating for no reason. And then I celebrated their birthdays like crazy, you know, you know, on everybody's birthday, they got their unique thing. If they like cheesecake, we were having cheesecake. You know, if they like chocolate, we were having chocolate. And, and I would spend for those and bring those in and, you know, decorate the room and so that we can do that so that they felt, you know, like they were more than a worker. Um, and this also helped people want to feel like they're people, not just a number, not just a worker. So it's like, hey, how's your weekend? What do you, what do you have planned for the weekend? And then on Monday, it's like, so how did the weekend go? What'd you do? You know, we talk about the kids. And, and again, that comes back from being in the clinical setting where you're kind of locked in. You know, how the kids, how the family, how the husband, how the mom. So we kind of talk about ourselves as people and we know about each other. You know, we share about each other within reason, you know. And I think that really helps to create that sense of community, that sense of belonging. So when you need to get the beat down and you need to get talked to about the things that you need to pull your socks up on, you have already experienced the goodness and the support. So you, you take it, you know. No, no, I, I could, I could see that. I, I, I could see how you know, being supported, and then when, when there are tough times, yeah, um, you're able to deal with the tough times because you have been supported. Yes, yes. Yeah. But when you look at the flip side, you know, sometimes we do great things, and then there are just those times we go, "Oh my God, I wish I could have done better with creating belonging," you know, as a generative leader. You know, what about some of those? Some of those. You know, 
when I think about my most important leadership role ever was that of a parent. And that is the arena that I am the most critical of myself in, you know? That is the area that I could see a lot of opportunities for improvement if I had the opportunity to do it over, you know? Um, in my professional life, I have moved through so many different seasons, learned so much about leading over time that I feel like I've had time to smooth things out, make things better, become better, grow into being a better leader, a more um, a leader that more supportive. The areas that I didn't have the opportunity to go back to and to grow into was that of a parent. And so when you ask me about where could I have done better, the area, the biggest area, and I think the most important area that I felt I could have done better as a leader um, was as a, as a parent, you know? We, we come from the islands and so parenting was like hardcore, you know? You don't have a thought, I have a thought. Don't tell me what you think, listen to what I think, you know? And, 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 and so um, I, I think if I had an opportunity to do it over, it would be a, a little bit different, a little more collaborative, especially when they became in the teenage years, you know? So that would be an area that I feel like I could. Now, my daughter, Talitha, she told me that um, when she went to the military, and I, I didn't think she would make it through boot camp because the child was afraid <laughs> of her own shadow. So I was just saying, oh, Lord Jesus, they're going to send this kid back to me in a day or two because she won't be able to take it, you know? But she said to me, she says, you know, when she got through it, through boot camp, she was like, you know, I watched all those people and they were falling out and you know, faking illnesses to try to get out. They were crying and they were sobbing. And I was like, man, I grew up with the world's toughest drill sergeant. Bring it. I'm ready. <laughs> you know, so this, that's a double-edged sword. On one hand, she felt very prepared for the beatdown that the world would give her because she didn't feel cuddled. On the other hand, I can see a hardness that I think that had I been just a little bit softer in some instances, there would have been more of a balanced person, you know? So, yeah, so that would be the, you know, you know. I know, I'm laughing because I'm, I'm thinking about the, you know, those three wonderful ladies in our lives who were like the world toughest drill sergeants, they right? Were my Ruby, yeah. yep, my Vernie yeah. and our mother, mom, right? Yeah, yeah. that's yep. what we grew up under. We grew up under like that <laughs> toughness, you know? Feelings? You don't have feelings, man. <laughs> oh, give me something to feel. Yeah, you give feel? me something to feel. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so that yeah. is, that is the, the area. In my workspace, um, I think my very first leadership role, I was young. I was probably in my late 20s. And um, I still had a lot of that hardness that I grew up under in me. And it was like, look, you're getting a paycheck, okay? So here's what needs to happen. Stop whining, let's go, you know? And so again, I guess there is a space where I could soften things a little bit to make, to just to understand where people are coming from better. I have mastered that now. I can see that because I've been intentional about it. But in the early days, there were some rough spots, you know, that I definitely could go back and smooth out for sure. 
yes. Time has been a great teacher, especially uh, coming from, you know, the environment that we grew up in. Yeah. Where, you know, and I, I thought some of those things were necessary to help shape us to deal with the world. Yes. Because I think there was a vision that we would go from this small little island into this bigger world. Yes. And we had to be prepared. Yes. To deal with it. Right. Because yes. there was no one else to hold our hands and, you know, pamper hey. us through the journey. Exactly. Remember, mom used to say, you're going to go out there. No one cares about you. She didn't say it that nicely, but I can't say this on your recording. Uh, she would say, no one cares about you. No one cares how you feel. You know, suck it up. No one's going to care. You need to do it. You need to do. You need to get tough because nobody's going to care. So, and I found myself telling my children that you're going to yeah. go out into the workforce. They're not going to care about your whining. They're not going to care about your heart and what you think, you know, and your feelings. They just want to know that you're exchanging time for dollars. Come up here and, and, and fulfill your contractual obligation, you know? Yeah. But the yeah. world isn't so anymore, and it doesn't have to be so. That's right. Yes. We have grown. We have grown as a society. We have grown as people, and we do need to create workspaces that are healthy. We yes. need to create workspaces where people feel a sense of belonging, where people um, just really feel that, yeah, it gets tough and um, sometimes I'm, they're going to talk to me about things. Maybe if I don't perform the way I should, I'm going to have a, a hard talking to us, some constructive criticism, constructive feedback, but that doesn't mean that I don't belong, you know? So it's up to, the, to, to us as leaders to, to find that balance, you know? And if we, in the day-to-day -day when things are working pretty well, create that space of harmony, unity, family, um, community, for our teams, you know, when we get to the space where we have to drop the hammer and come down hard on them, I think it's better received because their cup's been filled, you know, and refilled over time. And, and so in this space, they, they have the bandwidth to really handle that pressure better. I completely agree. So let's talk about your final thoughts and inspiration about belonging. My final thoughts and inspiration about belonging. Yeah. You know, as we're bringing this podcast to, <laughs> okay, you know, close, we're yeah. wrapping things up, but you know, what, what's, what's that like? You know, I, I think um, as we walk through um, this, this short conversation, we, we, we talked about a lot of things that I think are key. And I think the most important thing, um, the takeaway points, from conversations about belonging has to do it. We have to understand that belonging and feelings of belonging are two parallel but separate entities. You know, we all belong somewhere. We all belong to someone. We all belong to some group. Every single human being on this earth or living thing belongs somewhere in some community, right? Um, I think what we're really talking about here is, do we feel like we belong and what needs to happen to help people to feel that sense of belonging? And, and so when we think about belonging, I think we need to think about it through those two popsicle sticks, you know, and understand those two things. The other thing I think it's important is we need to really understand that feelings of belonging or sense of belonging 
is innate. You know, we have that desire naturally. It's not something we can control. And we want to feel like we are a part of. And so it's important for us to understand that that is an innate thing. And a person isn't just being soft or whiny because they're saying, I don't feel like I belong. I don't feel accepted. You know, we have to do the work to create spaces where people do feel a level of acceptance and, and, a, and a level of, um, you know, you belong in this group. The other thing I really want to point out here too as we wrap up is um, we really have to talk about it's not up to someone else to make us feel like we belong. You know, we have to be cognizant of the way that we show up, you know, because sometimes the way that we show up, the way that we present, the things that we bring and the manner in which we bring things to the table can really cause people to kind of back up from us. And so in that, then you start to feel like you don't belong anymore, right? And, and so I think we have to be cognizant of that as well. As leaders, we have to be able to point that out and say, you know what, this behavior is a barrier, you know? People don't want to feel this way, so they're going to back up, you know? And, and so it's just understanding those things that it's not always up to someone else to make you feel warm and fuzzy. We've got to look at ourselves, take a long, hard look at ourselves in the mirror and say, what am I bringing to the table that may be contributing to this stepping back and this backing up? So I, I think it's, um, it's just important. It's a, it's yeah, important. there's a sense of accountability in yeah. belonging, right? And, and yeah. being able to be a part of that. Yeah. So I'm gonna ask you this, to whom you belong? why you belong and where you belong to whom i belong yes <laughs> well first and foremost i belong to the creator of this universe because he formed me shaped me and placed me in my mother's womb mm. <laughs> i belong to the family that i was born into i am a member of that family you know because that's the family i was placed in I belong to the African-American community because I was born into that community, you know? And yes. it wasn't by accident that I was born there. So I feel like I belong there. Um, I, I belong in a number of work groups by choice uh, and community groups, but those are by choice. Um, to whom do I belong? I said to my almighty, I, I belong to my husband when I said I do. You know, I am a wife, and so I belong to my husband, and I belong to my children and my grandchildren as their mother and grandmother. I feel that those are the important jobs, the most important jobs on this earth that we have, parenting um, and grandparenting and spousing. And um, what was the other part of it? Where do I belong? To whom do I belong? And why you belong. And why I belong. Well, some of the places and spaces that I belong to were by, like I said, selection, natural selection. Uh, it's an exchange. You know, I bring certain things. I get certain things. So I belong. I join this work group, this people group, this professional group, because we're exchanging things. Um, and so I belong there because it's a transaction. You know, um, there are some groups I belong to. Um, like some of my professional nursing groups, I belong to that group because I feel, or those groups, because I feel a strong sense of um, wanting to give back to my professional community, um, wanting to be a part of the solution. And now that I've gotten to this stage, you know, I, I feel better equipped and better positioned to join and help 
those groups. Um, you know, we were traveling, you know, this, we were traveling a couple of weeks ago and, you know, we were always talking about, you know, we really want to do something with Doctors Without Borders, you know, I don't want to travel, but I really want to do something. And it's just something we've talked about for years, one of our charity groups or one of our social groups that we wanted to join. We just thought they were doing good work and we wanted to be a part of. And so we were walking down DC and this girl from Nigeria stopped me and started talking to me and I'm rolling my eyes without her seeing because I'm saying, okay, what do you want? I know a donation for something. And she's like, have you ever heard of Doctors Without Borders? And so I perked up and I'm like, yes. <laughs> and she's like, well, what do you know about it? So, you know, I just told her a little that I did know about it. And she's like, okay, well, we're here representing Doctors Without Borders and we're looking for strategic partners, you know, um, the work we do. And she just kind of gave her spiel about what they were doing, why they were doing it. And I was like, sign me up because this is one of those charities that I have wanted to be a part of and wanted to, to contribute to in some meaningful way. And there it is, it presented itself to me. So I belong to certain groups by choice. I belong to some groups by transaction or by necessity. You know, and, and, and some groups I belong to because I was placed there. And, and that's just where we are. Well, my sister, I would like to say thank you. Thank you for gracing me with your presence. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm pouring it on, you know. I know and, you are. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, hey, you belong to me. You know, I belong to you. You know, we're, we're part we are of family. One. We are a family. <laughs> And I, I wanted to just say uh, thank you for the pepper pot and dumplings the other day. I have to let people know that it's one of my favorite foods. It's like a soup. So I thank still you feed for you sometimes. Me. Yes, thank you for feeding me sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that's what's great, you know. Um, so I want to close and just say thank you for listening to the Nal Share with Doctor Dave podcast. Um, I invite you to come back for more insights and perspectives that may help you discover being resiliently you. Now share with Dr. Dave podcast is streamed on Spotify, Apple, Audible, and Google. And, you know, I'm going to say thank you to our niece, Kiana Brow Hendrickson, for doing the music uh, for, for this podcast. Very talented. We have a bunch of talented people in our family. Um, this podcast is copywritten uh, 2022 uh, by Dr. Dave Cornelius and Nalshare.org. And I'll just say thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of Resiliently You as we continue to share our stories and experiences. And sister, um, I hope this isn't the last time and you'll come back and share some more of your experiences with us. All right. Well, all right. well that's always a possibility for sure. Well, I, I hope it's not like after 10 years of me doing a podcast, then you finally decide to come. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, just ask me. We'll fit you in. All right. I'll get fit in. Yes, we'll support, <laughs> we'll support you. I love that. We'll support each other. <laughs> yes, I love that. Love that. Let's talk about talk, it. Talk, talk, talk. Let's go deep. We all have some share. No share with Dr. Dave. What is the importance of belonging? And why do we all need to belong somewhere? It is built into our human nature. Learn how the powerful philosophy of Ubuntu helps to deliver a simple roadmap to building positive teams and relationships, improving engagement and performance. Get your copy of Belonging and Healing, creating awesomeness for yourself and others. 
by Dr. Dave Cornelius on Amazon.com.